Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's the 27th of January, 2022. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net. And I'm Sam Sethi, the MD of River Radio. I'm Scott Waxman from Diversion Podcasts. And later I'll be talking about where books and podcasts fit together. I'm Hala Taha from the Yap Media Network. And later I'll talk about podcasts and social media. They will. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, podcast hosting made easy with free learning materials and remarkable customer support. Last week, 4,513 people started hosting with Buzzsprout. That's up 200 from last week. Uh, You can as well at buzzsprout.com. Now, Podland is a weekly podcast where James and I delve deeper into the week's news from the podcasting world. And the first story, James, is the story that you've been sort of covering for a few months now, it seems everyone's picking up on your story. It's about those missing podcasts from Spotify. Uh, Harry and Meghan, suddenly, their podcast has popped up onto the horizon. Indeed, yes. I mean, if you remember, they took $25 million, um, uh, not last year, but the year before, um, and saying that they were going to produce an awful lot of podcasts. They hired people in the middle of last year. Ben Browning, who's um, a big indie film director or film producer, and they hired Rebecca Sananis as head of audio. Uh, she used to work, um, I think she used to work on the Pivot podcast. She did indeed, yeah. But still nothing. And The Sun has claimed an exclusive, saying that Spotify is taking their podcast project into their own hands by hiring a host of in-house producers. Basically, The Sun has gone to have a look at at Spotify's uh, careers website, and they've uh, spotted that Spotify is hiring for both a content producer and a senior content producer at Gimlet. And one of the things it says there is we uh, are currently assembling a show team that will build and launch a new original show with Archwell featuring the voices of high profile women, which doesn't, to me, sound like Prince Harry and Meghan's individual show. But nevertheless, you know, who knows? But uh, yeah, so that's what that's basically saying. But two months on from posting a great big list of those missing Spotify shows, I still haven't seen any of those launch uh, as yet. Uh, so it's an interesting one from uh, Spotify's point of view. It's all right. Harry will fit well in. He's Prince, formerly known as a man. He's, he's lost it all. <laughs> um, yeah. Spotify has launched, uh, has announced lots of launches. Here's another interesting thing that Spotify uh, announced in the middle of last year. Spotify announced Spotify's open access. And it's a way of you linking uh, maybe your Financial Times um, subscription into your Spotify app so that you can listen to podcasts that you've paid for through the Financial Times, that sort of thing. And what they announced in July of last year is that lots of launch partners had signed up to Spotify's open access, Memberful, Glow, and Acast. Now, Memberful don't have Spotify open access yet. Glow don't still have Spotify open access yet. And guess what? Nor does Acast, even though today they've rolled out Acast Plus to all of its podcasters. So, again, don't know what's going on there, but that's another example, I think, of Spotify announcing things and saying, look what we've announced. And everybody goes, oh, isn't that brilliant? And reports on it. Um, but not actually delivering on what they've announced. Yeah, I'm sure if we went back and checked, I'm sure there would be a spike in the share price as well, similar to when they announced all these amazing podcasts that they've never produced. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the share price will have been, you know, uh, nicely affected by that. I mean, I went to have a look. Some of uh, some of the companies who were mentioned in that uh, announcement um, have launched 
stuff Sportingcast, uh, Supercast has. I went to have a look at uh, the uh, Mamma Mia, which is a female podcast um, network here in Australia, and they've launched it, and it seems to work quite well. But uh, clearly lots of other people who haven't launched it yet. I've heard lots of grumbling from people who are quite close to the Spotify open access tool, um, basically saying that it's not really fit for purpose. It's um, it, it requires you to host all of your audio on, on Spotify anyway, so you get no stats from it. And there's all kinds of weird and wonderful things there. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Actually, having a check on the old Spotify uh share price it's lost nearly 25 percent of its value in 2022 and over 45 percent of its value in the past year it's not doing too well to be fair nor is most nor are most tech stocks either so uh, it may just be a little bit of that but that's not the only uh, story about spotify the this week is it sam no uh unfortunately uh joe rogan i don't want to call, talk about him but he's in the news again yeah. uh it seems that neil young the singer uh is a little bit upset with joe uh for his covid misinformation so he's uh well taken his music and got taken him out of the pram and gone home really with him yeah so neil believes that uh, joe rogan is um spreading all kinds of uh, vaccine misinformation and neil young has basically said it's either me or it's him but you can't have both of us on your platform please take joe rogan down and spotify appears to have told the hollywood reporter um okay see you later neil young <laughs> so um uh, which is interesting because apparently that means that Neil Young will lose 60% of his streaming revenue globally, um, which is probably quite a chunk of change. But on the other hand, you know, Neil Young. So, you know, what do you do there? Yeah, I'm just trying to see what his famous track was. James, would you know? Rocking in the Free World, of course. So how amusing. Rocking in the Free World. And, and now he's talking about trying to censor somebody f from saying stuff. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yes. I'm just going to say, I don't think you're going to miss him. But I do think that it, it could be an interesting, if someone else more famous in terms of uh, current starts to do it, which would affect Spotify. Um, I'm sure at the moment they're taking the bet that yeah, nobody's really listening to his catalogue compared to Joe Rogan, so they'll stick with Joe. Indeed, and of course Joe Rogan possibly brings them more new listeners that uh, Neil Young possibly doesn't. Now, uh, a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, I should say, I was talking with uh, Jonas Woost uh, from Pacific Content. They put together a great piece of future looking um, on their blog um, at the end of the year. And one of the things that we were talking about was how books and podcasts are really very close together and possibly even more so at the moment because of uh, the amount of uh, fiction podcasts that are now beginning to appear. And um, a very nice man called Scott Waxman, who is now a friend of the show, uh, contacted me and said, actually, we're doing even more. So I wanted to learn a little bit more uh, about this. Um, Scott works at a company called Diversion Podcasts. So Diversion Podcasts is a, it's a studio that focuses on books as source material for developing adaptations into podcasts. So it is, it, it's a sister company of Diversion Books, my publishing company, um, under which we have a library of about 2,000 titles, fiction, nonfiction, history, romance, any category of publishing you'd really want to read about. And a couple of years ago, when I started thinking about audio and podcasts, 
um, I struck upon an idea that I thought was pretty original, which was that maybe we could move uh, beyond audiobooks, and that maybe the audiobook was not the final version of a book. And as we know, audiobooks are the verbatim copy of a book. It's a one-to-one analog. And we felt that perhaps if we were to do uh, work with a book and in a, in a, take it in a different direction, maybe add a new storyline, maybe answer some, some questions that were never resolved in the book with new reporting, that we would be developing a new piece of IP, a new story, a new version of the story that could live on its own. And that is really what Diversion Podcast is all about. So what we do is we look at books, we think about the stories that would lend themselves to audio um, and work with the authors to find really new ways to tell that story that appeal to listeners rather than readers. And that, that's the uh, premise of it. So if I, if I look at the books that you publish, there's a, r- a real mix in there. There's novels, there's autobiographies, there's journalism. There's a podcast I would listen to, The Caesar's Palace Coup, how a billionaire brawl over the famous casino exposed the power and greed of Wall Street. That must be coming out as a podcast. That would be a podcast I would listen to. Um, what, what of those books works best for podcasting? Well, one of the things we look for is archival audio. So a lot of times when authors write books, they tape their interviews. Mm. And maybe they didn't tape those interviews originally to do a podcast. They probably didn't. They, they taped them for the sake of having the record and being able to transcribe them and write their books. What we discovered is that that is a wonderful element to bring the podcast alive. So the very first podcast we made was something called the Dream Team Tapes. And it was about the 1992 basketball team that won the Olympics in Barcelona with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and a lot of famous Americans. Um, mm. The author wrote the book. It was a big New York Times bestseller. And, you know, in his closet, he had the cassettes of the interviews that he had done with those players. So we kind of dusted those off. And those became a wonderful uh, source of intrigue for listeners. That's one element. Another element is, um, you know, is it a story that has tension? I mean, I think Caesar's Palace Coup is a perfect example of one that we're looking at right now, where you have larger-than-life characters, there's a lot of reporting that's been done on them that you could uh, refer to uh, and continue to do more reporting by the journalists. These are the journalists who've been covering the story from the very beginning. Um, so we're looking for something that's dramatic. We're looking for something that could be multiple episodes, obviously, um, that has archival tape and, um, you know, could possibly be valuable as TV and film IP at the end of it. So is this, you know, instead of an audiobook? Or is this as well as an audiobook? You'd make the audiobook, but then you'd also, for some books, look into producing a fully produced podcast series as well. Is that, is that how it works? It's absolutely as well as. So all of the books we're talking about exist as audiobooks. So Dream Team Tape, Caesar's Palace, Coup, these are, these are readily available audiobooks. Just about every book we've published, we've sold the audiobook rights to another partner. These, were, these podcasts are, are new adaptation. I mean, if we were to sell, for instance, the television rights to one of our books to Fox or Disney or Netflix, they would do an episodic adaptation for television. We're saying, well, yes, that's what we're doing, but we're doing it for audio. Mm. So that means script writers and sound design and new reporting. And so it's absolutely a 
a separate and distinct experience. Yeah, and it's, it, it is fascinating looking through the um, the catalogue of books just purely on, on the front page of diversionbooks.com and just seeing so many things there that would make great podcasts. Ten Women Who Changed Science in the World. A, a perfect ten-part series. That's right. You know? That's right. Or indeed ten series, uh, you know, show. So, uh, you know, I, and I wonder whether, I wonder whether as you, um, uh, I, and I'm using all of the wrong words because I don't understand the book industry at all, but as you commission a new book, do you see, um, you know, do you see, well, this could also work as a podcast, this could also work as a bit of, as a, as a bit of film. Is that, is that a conversation that goes that goes through your mind as you as you look at new uh, new titles? It does uh, absolutely from day one. When a proposal comes in for a book, and typically in book publishing, we get a proposal in from a writer. It's just a sample of the book. You don't they don't typically write the entire book before it's sold to a publisher. So we we would get the proposal in, and we're thinking about the book. We're thinking about um, you know obviously the timeliness of that book. Is it relevant? The podcast is inherent to what we do. So we always acquire the podcast and audio rights to any book we acquire now. And I think other publishers are starting to do that a little bit. Um, And we feel that if we take the, if we have the film rights to the book and the film rights to the podcast together, you have a very powerful package. And we know how often books are adapted into television. That happens all the time. But in podcasting, it's happening maybe even at a faster rate now. If you look at what Wondery did and all of the shows that they've been able to turn into television shows. And I think the reason is the episodic format is very similar to TV. So when a writer or a producer in television listens to that podcast, they can start to imagine already what the television show is. So it's, it's sort of done some of the heavy lifting for them. And that's very important. So we feel it's a powerful combination. I think um, uh, we, we started talking after my uh, conversation with Jonas Woost uh, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about books and their similarities to podcasts. And I think particularly around podcast uh, discovery, genres, things like that. And I think um, true crime, uh, I remember reading an article in The Guardian a few years ago saying that uh, true crime was the number one genre in books as well as in podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether that's still the case. But um, uh, do you see similarities in the way that you market books and the way that you market podcasts? Um, you know, are, are there similarities across that? Well, you, you know, you mentioned in the previous episode some of the challenges of discoverability, which is clearly a you know, an issue for both publishing and podcasting. Publishing has the advantage still of the, of the brick and mortar stores where people can still walk in um, and discover a book at a table or, you know, on a shelf and have a cup of coffee and browse through five books. You know, that's, a, that's a, still a wonderful mm-hmm. advantage for book publishing. The challenge has been, you know, in the digital space, when if you're, most of your sales are on Amazon, and now our sales are about 75% Amazon. I mean, think about that. Think mm-hmm. about how much, that's wow. a big Gosh. number. You know, five years ago, it was half that. So yeah. that means we have to basically make sure we're selling on Amazon, and that becomes a metadata challenge, um, an opportunity if you're good at it. Obviously, your jacket art has to mm-hmm. be flashier so people can see it on a thumbnail. You know, and if you think of what, again, going back to Wondery, what they've done so well is that they've, they've 
being able to make those, their art distinctive to their brand. And you can always see what it is. It jumps out at you. You know, old-fashioned book covers are, are, are very artistic, but you can't really see them on a screen or on a phone. So I think mm. there's a transition happening to the digital discovery, and we're getting there little by little. Um, there are a lot, you know, the tools on Amazon for, for buying ads, for instance, to raise your, your, your book up are very effective. They've really given you wonderful mm-hmm. tools. I think maybe what podcasting needs is more opportunities for merchandising beyond, you know, your buddy at Apple helping you get onto the, you know, the front, the front page, which we know how that's, yeah. that's an editorial decision still to this day. And I, I understand why it is, but at some point, you know, there's got to be merchandising that you can pay for that will help you mm. get noticed. Yeah, there are, there are some some podcast apps which um, do do that sort of thing. But of course, they don't, they're not podcast apps with the same user base as either right. Apple or Spotify. Uh, my guess would be uh, if Spotify is listening to this, um, then they'll probably go, wait, we can earn money that way too. <laughs> and they'll write right. stuff down. <laughs> um, well, it took a long time for Amazon to roll out those those ads. And yeah. Um, when you start to realize that your, you know, your universe is Amazon in terms of books, and you ha- that's where you are going to sell, then it, nothing's off the table in terms of you know what they can do to to monetize that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's to our advantage. It is. I mean, those ads really work. So I didn't realize that essentially you've got one um, you've got one major um, uh, store, Amazon, who you need to please. Podcasting has two, Apple and Spotify, and that's really about it. That still hits about seventy five. Um, podcasting, you're there working on the show uh, the show thumbnail and making sure that that's really clear and crisp. You're working on yes. the on the um, on the book cover on the jacket. Um, to make sure that that's really clear and crisp. What, what sort of numbers are we talking about in terms of the book industry um, per year? Uh, I think we saw somewhere in the region of half a million podcasts, uh, new podcasts published last year. Um, what, what, what sort of numbers are there in the book industry? It's a million, a million books a year. Wow. And is that just in the U.S. So, or, or globally? That's in the U.S., to my understanding. Yeah, I mean, you might have to fact-check that one on me. Yeah. But I was just talking to a colleague, and we were talking about this issue. And, you know, it's a huge number of books, and a tiny percentage of them are profitable. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a bit, an industry all about curation, you know. And one thing we all learn from sort of the, the self-publishing craze of, of Kindle and whatnot over the last you know, 10, 15 years, and I've lived through a lot of that, is, is at the end of the day, curation is still the difference maker. It has to be good. And if the book is good or the podcast is good or the TV show is good or the movie is good or whatever it is that's content that people are going to consume, it will get there. Um, you know, it should it should rise up. you got to give it some help. You know, mm. you got to give it that marketing push, but then the best stuff rises to the top. So, you know, it's it's a challenge, but I feel like it's it is an industry where, um, you know, if if you're getting good stuff in the door and you're and you're publishing it well or producing it well, you're going to be rewarded for that. So finally, what tips would you give people in podcasting? to market their new podcast, to get their new podcast out there that you've learned from the world of books? Well, I, I think the most 
important piece of being a creator today is platform. And, you know, the publishers, the book publishers that I've worked with from Random House to Simon & Schuster to Divergent Books, um, you know, we all want the same thing, which is an author who can move the needle on their own material. So, I mean, I think we see it in podcasting, the podcasters who have audiences on their social media, you know, that built up over long periods of time, you know, and not, and it's not easy. We know that. Um, that's value. That is real value. That's audience that typically comes along with people, uh, creators. So I think working on your platform, working on your social media, getting your name out there, creating content for people to consume um, is, is, is extremely powerful. I think partnering is very important. I mean, in the world of podcasting, we've been partnering with iHeart on our first slate of shows. So we've been really piggybacking on their marketing to some degree, and that's worked very well for us. I think over time, we're probably going to do more shows independently. Um, so I would say partnering is important for creators as well. Yeah, no, absolutely fascinating. Uh, if you're looking for a good book from Diversion Books, I would recommend the Spotify Play only because I've read it and uh, and I enjoyed it. It's a really good way of getting under the skin of Daniel Eck, the boss of uh, Spotify and how Spotify came to be. And uh, which um, which uh, uh, Diversion podcast would you be recommending we go and listen to, Scott? We're very proud of a show called Good Assassins, Hunting the Butcher which was uh, a big hit for iHeart and Diversion in the summer, uh, last summer, 2021. Um, it's based on a book called The Good Assassin by Stephen Talty. It's mm-hmm. read and written by the author Stephen Talty. Uh, it's, again, a, an original work based on that book, and it's very compelling. The reviews have been outstanding, and so I would, I would recommend that one for sure as a binge listen. Scott, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Fantastic, James. Really a pleasure. Well, I was going to say that the similarity goes further. You've got chapters now within podcasts and you've got chapters within books. Um, I I was thinking about this the other day because um, I did look at this Stephen Fry having launched his new podcast with Audible, and that's an audio book. But in my head, what's the difference between that audio book and me actually listening to a podcast series from Stephen Fry? To be fundamentally, it's just in one encapsulated object, which is the audio book, and I can skip through chapters, which happen to be like a podcast series. It's just a massive, long podcast, really, the audio book. That's how I see it, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one way of looking at it, and I'm sure that uh, audio books are, I mean, you know, as Scott was saying, audio books are a bit different, and you can do other things with podcasts, but I think certainly, you know, it, it merges very close together if you're having a look at a platform like uh, Audible, but it was fascinating hearing how big Amazon is uh, as a bookseller, and how important, uh, you know, Amazon is too. So um, really interesting to uh, talk with Scott and I'm uh, grateful um, to him for the uh, time. Now, Amazon themselves have been quite busy this week, James. They bought the exclusive rights to My Favourite Murder. What's that all about, James? Yeah, they did. And uh, other shows from the Exactly Right Media Network. Um, And uh, what they're doing, quite a lot of people have focused on exclusive rights for 
um, it to be on the Amazon platform for a week before anywhere else. So if you use Amazon Music, um, then firstly, hello, pleased to meet you. I've not met anybody uh, using Amazon Music before. Uh, but also, secondly, you will get My Favourite Murder a week before everybody else. So that's a good thing. But um, probably more importantly, um, Amazon get the ad sales in there as well. And um, back in 2019, um, My Favourite Murder itself apparently earned $15 million in terms of revenue. Um, so if, if, if they're doing better now, as I'm sure that they are, I'm sure that, that was a pretty good deal um, for Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, who uh, do the show. And, you know, it's a pretty good, pretty large show as well. Yeah, I, I'm still confused by Amazon. A, why they're, they're dipping into this market, why Amazon Music would have a week's um, I, exclusivity when that's really the, the, the focus of Wondery Plus, um, why, why they would double that up. And thirdly, why wouldn't they bring audio books into the same platform or move podcasts back into Audible? You just, I, I don't know. What's the strategy, James? Where do you think it's all going? <laughs> I'm not quite sure necessarily what the strategy is at the moment. And I'm not sh sure that anybody at Amazon knows other than, you know, Audible, one would presume because it used to be a different company once upon a time, they may have different contracts and different, um, you know, legal arrangements for what they do on that platform than what Amazon Music can do on its platform. And merging them may not be quite as simple and as easy. But uh, yeah, it, it seems a very confusing plan to keep Wondery Plus going, um, to also have Audible, to then have Amazon Music, which includes podcasts, but not an awful lot of them. Um, it, it does seem very confusing, but, um, you know, one would assume that there's some kind of a plan there. Who knows? Well, if I looked at it, I, I could and I don't, but I could pay £14.99 for Amazon Music HD. I could pay four ninety nine for Wondery Plus, mm. and I do pay through my Prime account to get access to Audible, so I get a credit every month. I think it's about nine ninety nine. So, in theory, I've got three potential revenue streams with Amazon. Yeah, maybe some people call it bill shock. Um, the idea is that you don't want that as one bill. So imagine I was using all those three Amazon services. Mm. That would be thirty forty pounds. Now, I don't think of it. Maybe my subscription blindness is, oh, it's just £5 there and £10 there and £12 there. It's fine. And I, I'm a little less stressed. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, maybe it's a it's an interesting way of hiding that um, because you do get three different uh, bills. Um, or maybe it's just, you know, that they haven't yet combined them properly yet because they can't quite work out how to do it. Does Wondery as a brand hold value? Is it a long-term brand that they're going to hold on to? Or will, will Amazon be the brand? I mean, you, you would assume that Amazon uh, would be the brand that they want to promote over everything else. But perhaps there's a, perhaps there's a brand halo for Wondery because it does contain very good shows that they've marketed very well, that they've um, licensed very well to other places. Maybe that's... You know, maybe that's part of of what they've been um, what they've been working on. Well, we've seen this we've seen this before. Like Facebook bought WhatsApp, add Instagram, and then suddenly felt that they had to add the words Instagram by Facebook, and now it's Instagram by Meta. Um, 
I've looked at the Wondery site and it's very, very hard, to, if you didn't know this industry, to know that Amazon actually owned them. It's not an obvious. Um, I just, it's just a very curious thing as to, or maybe it's just internal thiefdoms, you know. I've been in corporate companies like you. You have. And people have their, <laughs> people have their own P&Ls and I will never let go of my budget and forever and a day we're not merging. It could be just that. Yeah, it could be. I mean, this week, Megaphone asked for their logo to be changed on Pod News to say Megaphone by Spotify. Um, Previously, over the last couple of uh, months, Art19 has added an Amazon company at the bottom of their logo, which you'll see on there. I noticed when I was doing a little bit of research that Glow is now called Libsyn Glow. Um, and uh, Spreaker as well now has on their logo Spreaker from iHeart. And then, of course, you've got all of the Odyssey uh, companies as well, which all have uh, Odyssey brands um, at the bottom of them. So I think that there is a fair amount of this sort of stuff going on. And maybe there's, you know, maybe there's value to have a different brand to do certain things. There's clearly a value for Spotify to have a different brand called Anchor, which does a different thing than megaphone um or or Wushka. so you know maybe there's uh, you know that sort of benefit there in the same way when you go into the supermarket there'll be a finest brand and an economy brand or a basics brand and you know and all those types of uh, things maybe there's you know opportunities there in the podcast space if you're a marketer and you understand what amazon is doing please get in touch we would love uh, that that would be a, a marvelous thing YouTube, let's move on, James. In YouTube's 2022 priorities letters, Susan Wojcicki is citing podcasting as an additional source of revenue, even before NFTs. I don't know why YouTube's getting involved with NFTs, by the way. Um, to help creators, uh, what do you think, James? I, I know that they've been skirting the podcast uh, landscape for a little while. Are they actually going to do anything in 2022? Well, I mean, I mean, clearly they must be doing that. She must be saying that for the shareholders to go, OK, they, they've, they've got a plan. Um, they've hired a podcast lead, of course, which they did in October. Um, and, um, you know, podcasts are, of course, already on YouTube anyway. Um, so calling them an additional source of revenue is interesting because that tends to suggest that they have a plan for something which is more than just helping podcasters get onto YouTube, which I thought was their plan. Um, And there's quite a lot of money that's going on in YouTube as well. 40% year-on-year increase in channels making more than $10,000 a year, Um, which is a very um, mealy-mouthed way of saying that there are quite a lot more people making money on YouTube. Um, So, you know, clearly there is a plan there. Um, But uh, we're still not quite sure what that plan is in terms of podcasting. Maybe we might learn a little bit more at Podcast Movement Evolutions, which is normally when quite a lot of these um, uh, announcements come out. Now, of course, uh, Spotify having its troubles with Neil Young and Joe Rogan. Seems that YouTube has its own problems as well. I've never heard of him, but radio presenter and podcaster Dan Bongino is also leaving YouTube, claiming censorship. He's moving to a platform I've never heard of again called Rumble, which he's an investor in. 
So there you go. Yes, funny that, isn't it? Uh, funny how he's there going, yeah, YouTube's rubbish, YouTube's rubbish. Come to Rumble, uh, which, by the way, I'm an investor in. Yes. Um, Dan Bongino has in the past made lots of jumping up and down about um, various uh, things. He's on a radio network, the Cumulus uh, radio network in the US. Um, he took over from Rush Limbaugh, I think. Oh, I think I've got okay. that right. Yes. Yes, and um, he was jumping up and down about various uh, employment plans that um, that they had, and um, you know, and and uh, saying, you know, I'm not going to be on this radio radio network for long if they keep on with those um, with those employment uh, contract uh, you know stipulations. Guess what? They've kept on with those employment contract stipulations, and guess what? Dan Bongino is still there. So um, so that worked then. Um, so clearly he's jumping up and down uh, somewhere else. But interesting to see how many people want to follow him onto Rumble, um, which is another um, video platform. And uh, yeah, we'll um, you know see if that's a thing. Okay. Now uh, some podcast platform announcements that you wrote about this week, James. The first one up is uh, Libsyn, and they've got their new user interface for Libsyn Five, which is now live to all of its users. Uh, the interface is easier to use. It features social scheduling, which I'd like you to tell me more about, and the support for the lock tag. So they've finally got uh, some of the podcast 2.0 index stuff included within their new platform. Yeah, indeed. And the social scheduling stuff, as I understand it, is basically Buffer or uh, Hootsuite, something like that, but built into Libsyn, which is basically, I would like to make an announcement um, at uh, seven o'clock tomorrow morning uh, on my Twitter feed saying that you can get my podcast now. Um, so I believe oh, okay. I, I believe it's that sort of thing. Libsyn 5 is their new user interface, which it, it's been interesting watching what people have been saying about it. It's not necessarily the most updated um, looking thing, but it's certainly more uh, easy to use and simpler to use. There's a few things, of course, as with all of these things, there's a few things that have come out. There's a few new things which are going in. Um, but uh, supporting of the locked tag is a good start in terms of the podcast namespace. Um, and you can actually support everything that the podcast namespace does on Libsyn, but you have to write the tags yourself. Um, but that's actually something that not very many podcast hosts do so it's interesting seeing that they've um, ended up doing that um, that's all good the other sort of thing that Libsyn um, are actually doing as part of that is that they've changed everybody's RSS feeds or they're in the process of doing that so they used to use unique domain names um, for RSS feeds and the problem with that is they're really bad for listener privacy because um, domain names are never encrypted even if you have an HTTPS connection the domain name is never encrypted and that meant that it, uh, anybody that was monitoring your internet traffic would know what show you were listening to uh, if you were using um, you know a podcast app that checks the RSS feeds directly um, anyway now all of that's gone away and all of uh, Libsyn's RSS feeds are coming from feeds.libsyn.com which is nice um, when I last went to check the old feed doesn't 301 redirect so essentially what they've done is they've doubled the amount of feeds which are out there I'm sure that that's on the cards because they'd be stupid to leave it that way um, but if you're hosting with Libsyn uh, and you've just heard all of this don't panic you need to do absolutely nothing at all um, because uh, the, the podcast world is clever enough to, to help deal with all of that but um, good to see Libsyn doing a bit more for the privacy of their audience yeah 
So that's a step forward. Now, we've also uh, had a, an exclusive from our friends in France, from Benjamin Bellamy. They launched Castapod. It reached version one. It's gone into beta. Who or what is Castapod, James? Yeah, it's a really nice podcast platform. You can uh, download it and install it onto your own box. And you can basically run your own podcast network. Um, a few nice things. It does open comments using the um, Activity Pub thing. It has, you know, it obviously has analytics. It's got wide support for a lot of the podcast namespace. Um, it's very cool. Uh, and it also has a website of its own now where you can go and find out more information, which is at castapod.org. Uh, so that's worthwhile taking a peek at. Yeah. Now, another podcasting company that we know quite well, Castos, has added customizable podcast website themes tell me more james so very similar to other podcast hosting companies like uh, buzzsprout who are our sponsor castos you can now choose um, three different beautifully pre-designed website themes that are fully customizable to exactly match the brand identity of your podcast um, so having a website is a really important thing and uh, it's nice to see castos adding those i believe you have craig hewitt on this very show next week I we do yes I will be talking to him on uh, Friday so yeah I'm looking forward to that which will be good and another person who you're talking to is Mark Asquith um, from Captivate.fm who have launched automated show notes um, I know very little about these automated show notes other than uh, I know that they were very excited about them in October or November of last year um, but uh, for various reasons haven't yet got the press release about these but um, uh, you, you know a new tool to help you with your uh, show notes and make sure that your show notes are as easy to put together as possible um, I'm a big fan of anything that takes drudgery and process away and helps you just be a little bit more creative um, so that's probably a good thing yeah so uh, good timing to get Mark on he can talk to us also a little bit hopefully about now Dust has settled his deal with uh, Global uh, I'm very excited to hear more from him about that as well yes uh, and any plans that they have going forward indeed and good luck on getting some information um, from him um, about that um, but Captivate is a very good on the old social media as well they have a guy called Danny Brown who is a Scotsman but in Canada so even colder than you would be in in uh, Scotland and um, he is uh, just great value on social media all over the place jumping in and really helping people with how uh, Captivate works social media is supposed to be a great way to promote your podcast as well but quite often can be a bit of a waste of time so i caught up with hala taha from the yap media network which is a media network that really works alongside social media to really help you get the very best out of uh, social media so um i uh, caught up with uh, hala a couple of weeks ago to learn more about the yap media network so the Yap Media Network is actually a new podcast network that I started to grow and monetize shows. It started with the podcast that I actually grew through my marketing agency, Yap Media, and now I'm expanding it where I'm recruiting podcasters from my exclusive network and also recruiting independent podcasters for a non-exclusive engagement. So your website says that you are the only podcast network with a specialization in social media. What does that mean? 
So not only are we a podcast network that can get advertisements and commercials on your podcast, but we specialize in social media and we help grow LinkedIn profiles and Instagram profiles and YouTube profiles. And therefore, we're especially equipped to handle social media omni-channel sponsorship campaigns. So we really differentiate in that manner. Cool. I, I think quite a few people will say, I have a podcast. I, sh- uh, you know, what should I be doing on social media? I, I'm, I'm going to ask the question the other way. What shouldn't I be doing on social media? What's a complete waste of time, Harla? I believe that audiograms are a waste of time. I have a lot of clients where I am responsible to promote their podcasts and we've tested it and audiograms never work. Nobody likes them on any platform, no matter how much variation you use. Uh, The other thing in terms of what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't just share an Apple link because not everybody listens on Apple. Only about 30% of people actually listen to Apple Podcasts. So you're going to need either a chartable smart link or a link tree that really points to all the different players so that if somebody has an Android, they have choices. So that's another thing that people shouldn't do. And the other thing is to expect that people are going to proactively go find your podcast. You actually need to engage in the DMs and spoon feed people your link so that they can easily get to your show. You want to reduce the friction to get to your show. That's really interesting and uh yeah uh audiograms is a really divisive thing uh and it's interesting to hear you say that um instagram tumblr twitter facebook linkedin you've mentioned linkedin a couple of times already and i know that you had incredible success with that where, where should i be as a podcaster i believe that linkedin has great organic growth i think that clubhouse and social audio platforms like wisdom and now linkedin has a new audio feature that just rolled out is also a fantastic place to host live shows and then try to recruit people to subscribe to your actual podcast when you have the replay that posts up. Um, I think Instagram is still great. Uh, There's very little organic reach, but if you use Reels, there's a good possibility that you can get some visibility for your podcast. Cool. Does it matter what type of show you do? I guess it probably does, doesn't it? You're going to reach more business people on LinkedIn, I, I guess? Yes. I mean, the truth is, is that more and more regular people are on LinkedIn and they just want entertaining, motivational, inspirational content. So as long as your content educates people and if it's motivational or inspirational, you can do well on LinkedIn. I would say that on Instagram, if you are targeting younger people or something more pop culture or comedy or things of that nature, you might do better on Instagram. Mm. And you've not mentioned uh, Twitter or Facebook. Uh, I'm clearly far too old because uh, that's what I think of when I think of social media. Uh, are they still things that we should be focused on? I don't think so. I think that Facebook really is a dying breed. And I think Facebook ads work well, but Facebook posts, uh, I don't think you're going to have much traction and I wouldn't focus there. Um, Especially when you're trying to grow a podcast, I would say focus on one platform and and gain some leverage there, gain a big audience there that you can then trade, uh, you know, as you move up and try to trade audiences with other partners or collaborators. Um, So I would definitely say that Facebook is not something you should try to lean into and then Twitter as well. It's, I I don't think it's the place to be to promote your podcast. Ah, interesting. Well, there you go. Um, How much of uh, social media should be automated? There's lots of uh, tools out there which allow you to post all kinds of automatic things to various social platforms. Is that a complete waste of time or, or does that have its place? 
So I believe that actually it's been proven that if you use a scheduling tool, you'll actually get deprioritized on most of the platforms. So for example, we only do hand posting on LinkedIn and Instagram because your post will actually do worse if they know that you've used a posting tool. The only caveat is for Instagram, you can actually use Facebook Content Studio. And because Facebook and Instagram is, a, is one company, they actually don't deprioritize whatever you schedule through Content Studio. So you got to be really smart about it because your post might not be seen by anyone if you use a scheduling tool. Ah, that's interesting. And does that um, does that hold for just that one post, or does your entire channel get, you know, deep deprioritized? Just that it's just the post. Like, if whatever you post through scheduling gets about thirty percent less visibility than if you posted it by hand. Gosh. So I do uh, I, I do a, a kind of a bit of a mix of automated and you know human human interaction and quite a lot of the time I'm you know my my idea is to interact with people who are asking questions where I can help and the help might end up being pointing them to a link or pointing them to an episode. Uh, is, that, is, that a, is, that a, is that a plan as well? Yeah. So I think that retargeting people who engage on your content to actually get them to listen to your podcast is key. So basically, whenever you're posting a micro content or a clip and somebody likes or comments on that post, they're basically giving you permission-based marketing. They're raising their hand and saying, hey, I like your content. I'm interested to potentially listen to your episode. So then if you then DM them, and directly message them and say, hey, I noticed you gave me a comment. If you'd like to listen to the full episode, here's the link. Um, they'll be really happy that you did that. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they will not give you any negative feedback because they made the first move. So you kind of have like the right to then DM them and say, like, here's the actual link. Let me know what you think. Really interesting. Your background is radio, uh, as is mine. You worked at uh, Hot 97 in New York City. Uh, how does radio and podcasting compare, both in terms of obviously the content, but also, I guess, in terms of the monetization and the and the things that you can offer advertisers? Well, with with uh, podcasting, I feel like it's very different because I feel like you have a very engaged audience. With radio, it's typically very broad. You typically don't get too connected with the host, and although there are some big personalities that do make it, typically you're just turning on the radio because it's your favorite radio station not necessarily because it's your favorite host. So when you get an advertisement on podcasts, I think that the listeners are really engaged because most of the time the podcast host is giving a personal story and they're engaging and connecting with their audience and their audience is learning something new. So for example, for me with my podcast commercials, I barely talk about myself on my podcast because it's a self-improvement show. I'm, I'm interviewing experts and CEOs and things like that. But then when I do my commercials, I'll tell them about my workout routine or my morning ritual or something really personal and they get to know me. And I think that really, really resonates well. So I think that's a big difference is it's, it's really about the host and the personality when it comes to a podcast. Ah, that's really interesting. And you mentioned your podcast, which is the Young and Profiting podcast. Where can people go to find out more about what you do? You could go to youngandprofiting.com or just search for me on Google or any of your favorite podcast app. Uh, indeed. Uh, you, I also noticed you, you had some great advice that you gave Audrey a couple of months ago. One of your pieces of advice was don't waste your guest's time. I get invited onto podcasts two to three times a week, and sometimes I'll sit there and ask myself, why am I wasting my time? So on a scale of one to ten, how much of a waste of time has this been, Harla? <laughs> Zero. It's been amazing. Thank you so much, James. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Super. Thank you so much for coming on. So uh, there's 
What a great name, by the way. Harlatar Ha. I mean, I, I just have to think that's one of the best names I've seen for a long while. I know I know a radio DJ called <laughs> called Robin Banks, uh, and uh, which I'm sure is his real name, and a radio DJ called Dusty Rhodes, uh, and Rick O'Shea. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm sure they're all real names. But yeah, she's she's so knowledgeable and she knows such a lot of uh, stuff. What did you think about um, her basically saying that Facebook and uh, Twitter is a bit of a waste of time? Well, Facebook is a wasteland now. I mean, I, I, just by my own engagement. Engagement. The number of people I have as friends, it's just got down to my small network. I'm sorry to hear it, Sam. (laughs) Thanks. I'm just unpopular, possibly. Maybe it's nothing to do with Facebook. Um, But uh, no, the engagement levels for River Radio on uh, Facebook pages is just dire. I mean, unless you pay Hmm. for it and boost everything, you're not getting any engagement at all. Instagram, very similar. I think Instagram has just become a, a, a mismatch of snapchat features along with anything else that you know mark zuckerberg throws into the can just in case one more person might use it and it's just Mm. so confusing um i think again she's right twitter is just a noise stream Um, i'm creating small lists now just to follow four or five people you know so i can get their content without having to get all the others i mean i counted the other day on the Podland stream, I think I was reading through it, and we had 20 ads in about 30 uh, tweets. It was just crazy. It was just constant noise. Uh, and, mm. I, and again, I just mm. don't know. The days of when people would religiously follow the streams, and just and now you don't. It's just a broadcast medium. It's a hit and hope. I mean, you might tweet now. I won't see it, and it's gone. It's, it's literally, you know, if the tree fell in the woods, did anyone notice if they didn't see it? You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's gone. Yes. So I'm not sure. I think the, the, the most engaging platform in terms of for a, a Gen Z population is TikTok. But again, is that the right platform for where you want to start promoting? I've, I have seen people, I think Ariel Nissenblatt was talking about uh, moving over some of her content to TikTok because people are starting to use it to promote podcasts on. Yeah, and I've heard a bunch of uh, people having great success on both TikTok and on and on Instagram, but TikTok particularly, uh, promoting shows on there. So maybe that's, um, you know, maybe that's a place. But uh, I'm, I'm on neither because I'm 50. Yeah. So therefore, or, uh, yeah, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> so therefore, we, we won't be doing any of that. Hey, we talked about Spotify already. Shall we talk about Anchor? Do we have to? But okay. Well, it's not us really talking about Anchor. It's Mark Arment uh, from Overcast who's talking about Anchor. He basically said mm. that they've made some changes to the way that they uh, upload their files and distribute them, and it caused him some technical problems. What did he have to do, James? Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I think reading between the lines, what Anchor are doing is that they're putting ad tech into their uh, audio files and so they're generating the audio in a slightly different way than they used to and they're not actually generating it in a compliant way but confusingly it works in the majority of apps but doesn't work in some of them depending on um, what underlining uh, API you're using to play the audio. So Marco Arment is um, you know furious about it. He had to rush out a bug fix update after um, after Anchor's uh, audio changed and he was deluged in uh, complaints and things. Um, he's posted a lot of technical details about it but also posted a quite grumpy thing to Anchor which of course they haven't they haven't re- uh, replied to 
to, saying it's been two weeks that you've been serving malformed files, breaking media players and losing the audiences of your customers. Do you care about this medium at all? Uh, so interesting. Yeah, yikes. Interesting seeing that they've not um, come back to anybody about it. I would point out, though, that I monitor... Um, where people are changing. If you change podcast host, I, I have a, a script that sits there and monitors that. And there is a quite a significant uptick of podcasts which are leaving Anchor. Um, so uh, they're, you know, uh, um, they were, they were in fact, they were the highest uh, company who, uh, you know, highest in terms of people leaving them last week. Um, and, you know, I thought that was really interesting. Yes, still, lots of people are joining Anchor and lots of people are moving over to Anchor, but they seem to be losing an awful lot of people now. And I wonder whether that's got anything to do with it. Yeah, well, I think, I think you know, if they are starting to build their walls by changing stuff, making it much more Spotify-centric, you know, we, you, if you look back over the year, you started to talk about it very much at the beginning of 2021 when you said... They've turned off the automatic mm. publish to Apple. Then they've started to bring out last mm. week their own display ads, which aren't an industry standard of any sort. And, of course, now that they're starting to change their file structures, um, it just feels very much, you know, um, it's just a single stack around Spotify and nobody else can really play in their, their pool. Yeah, and I don't know whether that is um, on purpose. There's a lot of conspiracy theory conversations going on on the internet at the moment. I'm not sure necessarily that it's on purpose, but nevertheless, uh, it's not, not a particularly good look. So, um, you know, so there we are. Maybe they just go, well, we don't care because it plays in Spotify, it plays in Apple Podcasts. Um, why, why should we care about any of the other things? But, um, you know, the specs are there for a reason. Well, their share price is saying that people do care and it's not working. So maybe they might want to open the commode and look elsewhere. Who knows? I'm sure the share price will, Who knows? <laughs> the share price will determine what they do next. Now, uh, in Canada, Patterson Media's Everything Podcast has launched snapcasts what's a snapcast james is this a new word is this snapchat getting into podcasting so yeah no it's it's a nice word it's got nothing to do with um uh, snapchat it's also got something to do with uh, shortcasts which was another name for them they're just short podcasts five to eight minute long podcasts uh, a snapcast is patterson media which is a radio broadcaster it's their idea of something which is branded content um, which you can uh, flog to a client, um, but is rather less work than making a 30-minute or a 40-minute show. Um, or, in their words, a dynamic, cost-efficient audio content alternative. This is not a Snapcast, but perhaps Pod News is, and you can find the Pod News podcast in your favourite podcast app and in Spotify. OK. Now, Apple. Uh, they launched last week, Listen With, with uh, Jay Shetty. Um, uh, it seems that other people have decided that might be a nice idea. So uh, we've had other celebrity playlists on other platforms. Pocket Casts have been working with Jake Brennan from Disgraceland uh, to create his list of podcasts. So it looks like these lists are starting to appear. I bet you, though, they're not OPML, are they? They're not going to be OPML. I mean, A, I bet you they're not OPML, and B, you have just fallen for the Apple virtual reality field there. Uh, and and oh, assuming that, because Apple did something last week that um, that uh, Pocket 
podcasts have followed, Pocket Cars have been doing these things for the last three years. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's typical typical Apple. But yes, if you want to go and see um, yeah. what Jake Brennan listens to, uh, then you can do that on the Pocket Casts uh, blog. Uh, and it's a good list. And there's a bunch of other things that um, Pocket Casts have been doing over the last year or so. I'd love to hear more from them in terms of what they're doing um, uh, with their app now that they're owned by Automatic. I'm looking forward to getting into Los Angeles in March um, because of Podcast Movement Evolutions, but because just before that uh, is the AMBIS, the second annual Awards for Excellence in Audio run by the Podcast Academy. We found out who the hosts are um, this week, the co-hosts of Dying for Sex, which was the winner of the 2021 Podcast of the Year, which is a very clever plan to get big podcasters to host the awards. Uh, Ross Matthews and Nikki Boyer will be hosting the Ambies, so looking forward to that. I believe that you can go if you're in LA. Not quite sure how you get tickets yet. Um, and it's also available live online, weirdly, on Twitch as well as on YouTube. Uh, so you can go and watch it there as well. And if you want to be a new member of the Podcast Academy, then uh, Spotify, in interestingly, is um, paying for you to be in if you are a qualifying independent podcast creator, particularly somebody who is underrepresented and that, and that sort of thing. Um, but even if Spotify won't pay for you, you can still get in for half price at the moment. There's a discount code VOLUME22. Not quite sure what that says about um, the amount of members that uh, the Podcast Academy has, if they're having to give away a 50% discount, but uh, maybe it's a good thing for the first year, which is all that, all that it's good for. Um, you can uh, use that discount code to get in at uh, half price. Maybe... Now, this is the cynic in me, but maybe all those people who join via the Spotify free and as independent podcast creators will then be given to Spotify, who can then approach them. Yeah, maybe. Um, or maybe that's something that, uh, you know, Spotify is keen at doing. Uh, again, I would point out Spotify and indeed Google Podcasts have put a lot of money behind a lot of these uh, uh, claims to help new people get into the podcast industry. Apple um, never does any of this stuff. And uh, again, just worthwhile reminding ourselves that people who are spending money to get new podcasters into this uh, industry... Um, the likes of Spotify and Acast and Google, but not Apple. So just mm. worthwhile reminding ourselves of that. Well, talking of Acast, Acast has launched the Acast Amplifier, a podcast incubator to discover the next generation of UK podcasters. So you have until March the 25th to enter. They also, James, have launched their specialised growth division to help podcasts of scale so talking about companies trying to give back and help it looks like Acast is certainly trying <laughs> either that or they're spending an awful lot in pr i'll tell you <laughs> what with that what with that and their Acast plus rolling out to all all users and everything else uh today as well uh yeah i mean interesting interesting fact fun fact spotify has 150 people working in pr in the company um, and they and they have a bunch of uh, PR agencies as well who they use, but 150 people working in PR within the Spotify company, which is more than they have working in music licensing. <laughs> what, what does that tell you? All you need to know. Um, so there we are. My goodness, I'm looking forward to lots of freebies from uh, Spotify when I'm in LA. I'll tell you that. I hope they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned Acast Plus. It, it, 
that launched today, did it? Yeah, so Acast Plus has rolled out um, to all of its podcasters. It's their subscription model, basically. Uh, they worked with um, 25 publishers across eight countries on the tool. Um, and uh, one show apparently converted 7% of their audience to paying subscribers, which seems like quite a lot. Pardon the plane going overhead. Uh, which seems like quite a lot uh, to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, interesting to see them launching that to everybody. Um, and uh, that's now available in uh, some ridiculous number of countries. I'm going to say 143. That's a complete lie. I've got no idea how many it is, but it's certainly an awful lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, so ACAST Plus, uh, yeah, available to everybody now. I'm just looking at the pricing. It's very different to Wondery, but anyway, it's a lot more expensive, but we'll see whether that... It is. 135 countries, by the way. I wasn't too wrong, oh, was I? There you go. 135 countries. There you go. So I think everybody's wanting to at least be able to offer a subscription platform. Obviously, Glow now being owned by Libsyn. Libsyn Glow. Uh, and everybody else is uh, doing uh, all of that. Spotify, by the way, also have just released that they are partnering with Stripe to power their own paid subscription platform. Um, they actually used that uh, last year, but they've just uh, released that. So, you know, again, you can see that everybody's wanting to jump on that bandwagon. Although, how big is podcast subscription going to be? Not so sure myself, mm. but anyway, we'll soon see. Now, from the School of Bleeding Obvious, 94% um, of people listen to podcasts alone, according to the Midas UK research. I just didn't get why they put this out, James. I mean, that's fairly obvious that most people listen to podcasting on their own why why put that out you know you say that fairly obvious i am surprised at how few people when you talk to them about one of the major differences between radio and podcasting i'm surprised how few people don't get the fact that radio is mostly listened to by other people at least 50 percent of it is whereas podcasting is almost entirely a solitary experience so maybe it's just you know folks like you and me that's not what this uh, what this data is for um but um there's some really useful data so it's uk data um it is compiled by going back to people who did their radio research and asking them some more questions um which i'm sure is a very satisfactory way of doing it but it, it always sort of makes me slightly nervous but um there's some great data in there about um, podcast consumption during individual times of day in comparison to radio and spotify and other things um and so some you know really nice uh, data in terms of uh, growth um, for uh, podcasting in the country uh, and various other things. So it's worthwhile having a peek at the full at the full report, which is um, it's a free report um, as a PDF, and you'll find it in our show notes. Yeah, I mean, I guess Shadow is the only app that we can think about that came out earlier in October that had SharePlay in it. So maybe, you know, maybe we should add more share play to apps. Is that the way forward? So it's not such a solitary event. Um, yeah, although it may just be that actually we choose podcasts when we want to, um, uh, when we are alone and we want to focus on, uh, uh, on uh, audio. And I, I don't know about you, it's very difficult to listen to a podcast quite, quite a lot of the time. It's very difficult to listen to a podcast with other people. Um, because it just ends up being a bit weird sitting there, um, you know, looking at the speaker 
<laughs> it doesn't necessarily work too well. Um, but anyway, it's great. It's great data. They, the, there is another piece uh, which I didn't put into into Pod News, but I thought it, it was worthwhile um, just uh, mentioning, which is um, the amount of podcast listening that happens where people don't get to the end of the episode. So 67% of podcast listeners say that they normally listen to the whole episode. So that says that a third of podcast listeners don't listen all the way through. Um, and I don't know whether that tells us anything. I don't know, again, whether or not Rajar, which is uh, run by radio people, are using that as, as a way to beat podcasting around and saying oh well you know they might not hear your radio ad or your audio ad in there but you know I, I just thought it was interesting that a third of people don't listen to all of the episodes of the podcasts that they download so we better make sure we get all the good news in the early then that's what you're telling me <laughs> yes <laughs> so this is Indeed. the bit where everyone drops off then because it's tech corner um so everyone's gone now just wanted to talk about a few things. Um, Castapod joins Spotify, Podchaser, Podnews in adding copious amounts, you wrote, of yes. Jason LD to podcast page. First of all, what is Jason LD and why is this important? So Jason LD is a machine-readable bit of data inside a website. Um, you can just have a, uh, if you view the source of a typical web page, then you might see some Jason LD in there. And normally it'll say things like your, the title or the the description of the of the page or maybe a, an image to go with the page um, but what people like spotify and podchaser have been doing and indeed my own uh, podcast uh, pages on pod news is adding information like what's the title of this podcast where's its where's its rss feed um you know what's the guid for it etc etc um all of that information and the idea is that it makes it easier for people like google to scrape that page and grab the right information out of there so it's good to see castapod doing that but i would also suggest if you are running a podcast um hosting company or indeed a podcast uh, uh website company um then just Jason AD, uh, then Jason LD can be your friend. Particularly, it's particularly used for. You might have seen if you're doing a, a search in Google, and Google brings out the star ratings for things. Um, then uh, that information is coming from this Jason LD code inside a particular page. So um, yeah, so it's a good thing to have. Is that um, also a very clever thing? which I saw um, from, a, uh, from a podcast called The Future of Value, um, they are putting their boost messages onto their website automatically, um, which I thought was a really clever thing. My umbral is sitting there. My helipad is uh, working again. And, um, and I'm considering doing the same thing. So if you do want to comment, uh, particularly on, on a Pod News news story, then you can comment as a, as a boost message and, and it comes through that way. That might be a good way to encourage more people to do messages through, um, through the boost system. Two parts. I listened to that podcast, The Future of Value. Um, it was on the back of uh, the co-host Gigi, who wrote the uh, 
blog post over Christmas called the, about the attention economy and micropayments being the mm. future of value, which is a, a theme I've been looking at for over 10 years. So I was interested in, and I, I got his book, um, Everything I Learned Going Down the Rabbit Hole, 21 Things I Learned Going Down the Rabbit Hole, which was all about uh, Bitcoin and, and micropayments, which was good. So he's coming on the show next week as well. Um, he's based over in France. Uh, looking forward to interviewing him because he came up with a really interesting mock-up on Twitter of what uh, a future podcast player might look like, which is um, a combination of SoundCloud with comments, but those comments actually being boosts, mm. boostergrams. And I just thought he'd mock that up. Uh, and now clearly... Um, the uh, podcast itself is now live showing those boostergrams on their podcast. Unfortunately, the UI is awful if you have a look at it. Um, it's just a mm, random mm. listing of boostergrams with words. Um, it could, and I'm sure will, get better and start to look like chapters with timelines um, and even maybe just... Yeah. Um, you know, the player will be enhanced so that actually when you click on it, it flicks to that booster ramp. So you can see the arrow of direction, I think, is really interesting. I'll talk to Gigi next week and maybe you can tell us where they're going with it. Yeah, no, that would be uh, that will, that, that would be really good and really interesting. And I think, you know, I, I'm beginning to get a little bit more hot on, on the UX of all of this stuff. I'm beginning to get... I, I tried to write a piece for Pod News earlier on this week on how to send a booster gram and found out that actually it's really difficult because every single new podcast app which is out there has a completely different UX and completely different ways that it talks about all of this stuff and nothing makes any sense. So it's wonderful to see that Benjamin Bellamy has, uh, has uh, designed a boostergram icon which is really cool and really clever. Um, so I will definitely be using that. But I, I'm, I've also volunteered to write a piece of... Um, of information around the words that we use to talk about messages sent with a boost uh, and um, and uh, how that should look like in a podcast app at the very least you know what words we use what words we don't use and all of that because I think it's it, it needs to be much easier and much cleverer uh, you know I think yeah, all I will say is that that uh, boostergram icon is currently in a wireframe that I'm working on. No more to be said. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to learn a little bit more. Uh, other things being worked on this week are the bonus item block, uh, which is a way of uh, publishing bonus content within your RSS feed. And the app will only understand it, of course, if it understands uh, the new podcast namespace. And the app will um, show those to you once you have sent a boost message, for example, uh, which is a really clever way of doing it in a very open way. I mean, yes, it's piratable, um, but it's a very open, sensible way of uh, doing that. So that's very cool. And also there's some work going on with uh, Podping at the moment to test live stream notifications and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, Alex Gates has been working on that. And that looks pretty cool, too. So rounding up things, a couple of events going on. Um, the New Zealand Podcasting Summit Uh is in May the 14th. Are you going, James? It's, it's only a hop, skip and a jump from where you are. It is only a hop, skip and a jump. I was asked to speak and I can't because on May the 14th, I will be in Malmö in uh, Sweden 
um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. There's a nice man called Peter, which doubtless will who doubtless will tell me that I've pronounced it wrong. Malmu. Anyway, um, so yes, so I will be over there doing something exciting that hasn't been announced yet. Um, you can go and see uh, Sharon Taylor talking from Omni Studio and a bunch uh, Tim Watkin, I think, from uh, Radio New Zealand and a bunch of other folk um, who are all uh, there. That should be really good, and that's in Auckland. So looking forward. Uh, to that and of course there's the podcast show coming up in may in uh, the uk uh, which we are both at and podcast movement evolutions in los angeles in march which uh, touch wood <laughs> we are both at as well so that should be good i'm trying to work out what my test in and test out uh, policy is going to be but we'll work it out i think it's way too early for all of that testing uh, all of the testing stuff i think uh, we need to wait until early march to work out what it is that we have to do but yes it's all good fun obviously i'm not allowed to have views on this podcast anymore uh, in terms of any of that am i so therefore let's not let's not go there uh, is boris still your your uh, you're a prime minister i i'm surprised well we'll see if the met police do anything about it but yeah he'll, he'll be there at the next election that's my bet so uh, uh, yes anyway what's uh, what's been happening for you this week uh, on podland sam well i i've gone down a rabbit hole james and and, and god help me because um, i've got my um I've got my umbrella. I'm starting to play with it, and I'm going to. I'm, I'm following in your footsteps and tracks, and I'm going to try and get helipad working and all that good stuff. And then I started mm -hmm. reading about Breeze, and it was the first in the industry to implement Neutrino. And I went, okay, new term. It contains options for users to connect to other LSPs, which are Lightning service providers, including their own nodes, and we minimise trust wherever possible, whatever that meant. And so then it made me go, what is a Neutrino? You know, so I looked that up and then I learned I'm starting to learn about Nakamoto consensus. I am in so much uncharted waters. It's unbelievable right now. <laughs> Wowee. Well, I'm looking forward to I mean, you know, you 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 sounded so amazingly knowledgeable on the new media show uh last week. <laughs> um I mean I, I think it was possibly helped because I listened to that show on one point two speed with all of the gaps edited out and so everybody sounds really, really clever. Um, <laughs> uh, apart from Todd who sounds who sounds really stupid and I can say that because he said in that very show that he doesn't listen to this one so we can be as rude yes. as we like about Todd I don't <laughs> I don't mean it of course uh, I'm a big fan but uh, yeah so um, so that's all fun um, so yeah you're 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 learning it all aren't you at the moment well I say I'm learning it all you, you you've implemented all of this I'm trying to I'm getting more and more excited. I, I have to say, I was on with Adam and Dave about a year ago on their show, and I was a little sceptical mm. about value for value, and I was like, mm, is that the right way? And I didn't really understand about, you know, difference between ETHs and SATs, and, and, and I've, I've sort of just decided yes. to get my head into it and understand it. It's pretty easy once you do, and I think they've picked the right, right path, uh, and it seems industry momentum's going their way with Lightning Networks and SATs and you know jack dorsey's well into it and yeah, twitter so. is and and cash app and it's going and, and i i still think eth is just yeah ETH, well 
NFTs are certainly getting uh, a hammering this week. So, yeah, I think, you know, they've picked the right pony to ride. I, I had great fun on uh, Twitter earlier on this week. I changed my logo, my little avatar, uh, to be a hexagon-shaped avatar. Um, you no, are such a trendsetter, aren't uh, you? Now, that doesn't mean that I've bought an NFT because I haven't. I, I just went into an arts package and just changed it. Looks really good. As long as you're using Twitter in normal daytime mode, it looks it looks as if I've made my face into an NFT. If you're looking, if you're using Twitter on nighttime mode, it's pretty obvious what I've done. But anyway, so I've been um, playing around with that. I've been trying to pull things out of my umbrella. And by the way, we should uh, 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 talk afterwards um, so that I can uh, do a value split, uh, so that you can see the boostergrams coming in as well. Boost messages, sorry, boost okay. messages coming in as well. Um, then that would be good. Uh, I've had a great week talking to all kinds of people. We had a public holiday yesterday as well, Australia Day. And the reason why you may have spotted during this podcast the occasional bird and the aeroplane going overhead and the occasional gusts of wind is that I'm outside on the deck um, because I don't have an, a home office at the moment and I'm on a different microphone and everything else is going on. So, uh, yeah, it's been um, it's, 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 it's all change in this household, I'll tell you. I can only say it's an upgrade from when you pro uh, broadcast from your toilet last week, so or the week before. So, <laughs> indeed. And on that bombshell, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, uh, it says that we've got three guests. I think we're going to have to bump one of them. But anyway, Craig Hewitt from Castoffs, uh, Mark Asquith from uh, Captivate, and also Gigi. Uh, about the future of value. Um, what company is Gigi from, Sam? I don't know, and no, I will find out. I think he, she, or they uh, are from their own company. Well, there we go. Uh, so looking forward to that. Please follow Podland in your podcast app and on uh, Twitter at Podland News. Uh, you can also find previous shows on the web at www.podland.com podland.news and if you want daily news you should get pod news the newsletter is free at podnews.net the podcast can be found in your podcast app and all the stories we've discussed on podland today are in the show notes and we use chapters and transcripts too somebody asked me the other day how do you get the chapters into into buzzsprout really really easily and the answer is you just make chapters in your audio editor and buzzsprout automatically not notices them in the mp3 file because buzzsprout is very good indeed and the transcripts are there as well now, uh, our music is from Ignite Jingles and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friends from Buzzsprout. But as 64% of people won't have heard any of this, it won't have mattered what we just said for the last five minutes. <laughs> and keep listening. Keep listening.